Hey docs, welcome to the Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon McLaughlin. We are the premium location where women physicians come and learn about building profitable businesses so that we can have the freedom to live our best life. We have this podcast, and we have a supportive community of over 9,000 women physicians. We do summits. We have a conference coming up in New York on May 20th. If you're in the New York metro area, come just for the day. If you're in from out of town, there's a hotel on premises and we'll be meeting Friday night to do some masterminding and adjourning on Sunday morning. So come and join us. You can find out more on our website at fpestrong.com. I look forward to seeing you guys in person. Now, if you like this podcast, do me a favor, give it a great review and make sure you share it with another doc who can benefit from it. All right, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Today we have Dr. Kelly Cross with us and Lisa Logue with us. Dr. Lisa Logue, we are going to be talking about starting a DPC practice and some of the mistakes that physicians make. Kelly, I'll ask you first, where did this idea come from? You were practicing. Give us a little about your background and how you ended up in the DPC practice. Sure. Well, first, Sharon, thank you so much for having us and thank you for what you do, building a network of Female physician entrepreneurs is really exciting, and we're so excited to be part of that. So, you know, we kind of fell into this by um, working together for a long time in a traditional fee-for-service primary care practice. We were, I was there for 22 years, and Lisa was there for 10. Um, and, and the volume that we would see and the number of patients that we would see, we were shareholders and part owners of that practice, but it always felt like you worked for an insurance company. It didn't feel like you were independent or that you were really your own business owner or that you could control the care that was given to your patients. So um, it was really Lisa that had approached me with this idea. So she can kind of go into that a little bit further. Um, do you want to talk about yeah. how this started? So like Kelly said, we both worked together for a long time. Um, and as those years went on, we just kept feeling the pressure to see more and more and more kits every day. Just keep your bottom line where it was, be able to pay our staff. And we started thinking that there must be a better way to practice medicine. Neither one of us went into medicine to feel like a deli counter. Um, I'd had some colleagues of mine that I started hearing were either converting their fee-for-service practices or starting brand new direct primary care practices. And that's when I first heard about it. So I started doing the research and broached Kelly with it a couple of years before we actually made the switch. Um, but once we actually decided to do it, we probably made our decision and got it going within six months, six months time yep. frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are. And we, you know, we love taking care of our kids. We have found that this kind of practice has been wonderful, not only for our patients, but also for our quality of life. And we're able to actually practice medicine the way we dreamed when we first set out on our journeys many, many years ago. Kelly and Lisa, you know, Kelly, I'll ask you first. How do you go from the insurance to direct cash? Aren't you afraid that you're not going to get patients? I'll tell you why. This is what most doctors are approaching me with. They're like, I love all the podcasts you're doing. I see all, you know, docs doing DPC. I like to do it, but I'm so afraid that I'm not going to get it. Like I'm not going to get an inflow of patients. So how do you, what's your angle on that? So it's it's scary. I mean, it's a frightening thing. I, I remember walking away thinking, is my child going to stay in private school? You know, my husband's a public high school teacher. Would we be able to live the way we lived? So it is a scary jump. Um, I think that with the DPC movement growing and with more people understanding it, it, it really is about just 
quality marketing and educating your clients. We were fortunate that we were both established in this community. People knew us. We had a lot of people that wanted to follow us. But you know, the direct primary care model in, in terms of um, financial burden for families often saves our families. Our, most of our families say that because their children don't go to urgent care, because they don't miss work for simple questions and they have direct access to us all the time. I mean, our, our fees are often less than a cup of Starbucks a day for what people pay for their cell phones through their cables. So it's really about educating patient clientele. The more this model grows, we have so many of our families that the parents try to find DPC. My husband just signed up with a DPC provider because the care is so much better. He doesn't miss work as much. He's he has access to his provider. So really the filling has to do with educating families, kind of getting them in the door so that you can talk to them about the care. And then word of mouth is huge. Once you can kind of get reviews and a few people that sort of start this, this movement, um, you, can, you can fill. But um, I, I think that trying to fill was something that was um, scary for us, but we had great success. I mean, we filled a two-person practice in 18 months, which is huge. And I think that led us down the road to looking at, well, how can we help other providers? How can we help other people succeed um, by designing sort of our DPC consulting packet? We have a lot on marketing and the things we learned that worked and the things that didn't. Just trying to um, really create an environment where other doctors don't have to struggle, where the path is a little bit easier. Lisa, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I agree with everything Kelly said. I mean, we were fortunate enough to, like she said, be very well established in our community. Um, the biggest help for us was word of mouth. I mean, if you're providing a good service to your families and they're raving about it to their friends and their friends will come. I mean, the, it's funny because we know we have pockets of families that are all friendly with each other. So it definitely helps if you're providing something, people will come. Um, but like she mentioned, we have a lot of marketing tips to help people navigate all of that. But oh yeah, it's terrifying. We would just take turns kind of freaking out the first <laughs> like six months as we were getting going, um, just because you're just watching your numbers and you just really, really want it to succeed. But, you know, it's funny talking, obviously we're pediatricians, so we see a lot of our families with parents, but also grandparents. And a lot of the grandparents rave about it. They said it's just like how they used to go to the doctor when they were kids. They used to have that small town provider that knew their families really, really well. They could always pick up the phone and call when they had a question. So they were some of our biggest supporters as well. All right. I know you guys do consulting work, so you're speaking to other physicians. Tell me about the mistakes that you see, the most common mistakes, whether it, they're coming to you or just looking around. I'm sure you see other, like you're in a DPC group. What other mistakes do you see occurring? Okay. I think some of the mistakes that docs, when they're starting out, will make is they spend too much. You know, you really want to keep your bottom line tight. You don't want, a, you, when you go from a practice with 14,000 patients to a practice that, you know, we have 200 each, you don't need as many supplies. You don't need as much stuff. People overbuy. That's a huge problem. I think in terms of marketing, you know, we tried to do like Zoom things. They really didn't work as much as meet and greets, having people physically come in the door, see the space, our Offices set up where the kids play with the toys. I mean, we joke they don't want to leave because they don't want to leave, you know. So I think we just learned what worked and what didn't. And I think some of the and, and there really haven't been a lot of failures in the community. I think some of the docs that set themselves up to be more um, house call based that are just very smaller and very niched. It's, it's harder. It's harder to, you know, make your money or um, feed your bottom line when you when you are traveling all over. And we do a house call model for birth to um, two months that 
parents pay a bit more for that, but they love it. They love that we'll come and see. It's nice for a new mama to be in their pajamas and hanging out, breastfeeding the baby, and the doc comes to you. So, um, but I think it's just figuring out your pricing structure, figuring out how to keep your overhead down. I think a lot of docs pay a lot for legal services, or let's say don't um, have appropriate forms and documents, you know, don't kind of go through the steps to protect themselves the way they need to. We're still physicians and we want to make sure that. Um, we're protected in terms of when we, instead of working for Aetna and United, when we work for a family, that we have the appropriate documents that they're protected and we're protected. So, Allie, would you like to add to that? Um, I think all of those are amazing. Also, the biggest thing we have learned personally is setting boundaries from the beginning. I We hear a lot of questions from people wondering, like, how am I going to go from being in a practice that might have a shared call system to being all by myself and being on call essentially 24-7. Like, how am I going to take a vacation? How am I going to ever have some time off? And we're fortunate we did this as a partnership, so we will cover for each other, which was part of the idea. We wanted to be able to step away from a little bit. But setting your boundaries from the beginning with your patients is key. Our patients are very respectful. We've definitely had some that we've had to remind that we are here to help their child, but we also are parents and we have our own families. And so as much as we want to be accessible, we have to kind of refine that to what's urgent, what's emergent, when are the appropriate times to reach out. If you set those from the beginning with your patients and explain to them when you're going to be available the best that you can do, they're very respectful and it works out well. But you could easily get very burned out if you don't do that um, and you're kind of at the beck and call all the time. Great. Tell me more about the consulting business for the physicians who are listening out there. I get reach out, so you help me with the DPC. I'm like, no, because I'm not a DPC. You you go to the source. There are plenty of doctors. So I'm so <laughs> glad to, you know, that we're doing this podcast together. Tell, tell me about the consulting and, and how you can help these docs. So we designed a packet. You know, I, I, we, we've learned so much the last two years. And we always say, oh, gosh, we wish we knew, you know, then the things that we know now in terms of all the tips, all of the things like Lisa was talking about, setting boundaries. So we wrote um, up a 95-page document that includes the very basics of how to set up your business structure, how to set up a partnership from operating agreement to marketing to um, even just how to set up the office space because it's so different for DPC than when you're in a large, you know, fee-for-service practice. So it kind of goes through. And I think one of the things we've been very meticulous about that some of the other DPC docs have not is that we were very um, meticulous in our documents. You know, our patient agreement is 15 pages long. And every time we had a little snag, we would change that document. We'd have our attorney review it. And part of that package is all of our documents. So our business plan that's 30 pages long with all of the projected, uh, projected financials with our patient agreements, our controlled substance agreements, all of the things that protect you as a physician that I think a lot of docs, because they either work in an established practice or work for a corporation, don't even know exist. So there's examples of all those documents that for our clients, they love the fact that they can take those, tweak those, bring them to their attorney. And instead of paying tens of thousands of dollars in attorney fees where they're generating these, they have examples of, um, uh, of forms that actually have all of those bullet points, have all of the things that they sort of need. Holly, would you like to add to that? Um, so in addition to that, we also offer actual consultation services. So we are happy to check with doctors who are navigating this journey to help them with any of the questions that pop up. We had so many things that would pop up along the way that we just researched, which there's a lot of information out there and that's great, but it takes a lot of time 
to put all this together and a lot of money, like we, like we mentioned, as far as the attorney fees goes, accountants. So having something put together that saves you time and saves you money is literally like a how-to packet. And then we can help guide them along the way when questions come up. Dr. Kelly Cross, Dr. Lisa, where could they find you? So if people go to our website, completewellnesspediatrics.com, they can, there's actually on our website, a consulting um, link. So you can read about what consulting offers, and then they can reach out to us by calling our main line or reaching out through email. There's even um, our links that we have for meet and greets. A lot of our consulting clients have gone through that as well. I mean, all of it goes through us. The, the nice thing with the DPC practice is you really don't have staff. We are our receptionists. We are the people when you reach out to our practice that you get. So um, it's not hard to find us. So. Lisa, any closing comments? Nope. We're super excited. We love the DPC movement. We think it's a way to take back medicine as it should be and provide better care for our patients. So we're really hoping to just help more doctors be able to do the same. Lisa and Kelly, thanks so much for coming here today. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Sharon. So nice meeting you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like us, please give us a nice review and tell your family and friends about us. We'll see you on another episode.